بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Khalid ibn al-Walid and how he conquered a number of cities in Iraq from the Persian Empire and he did that in a very short period of time. We spoke about how he conquered the city of Kalvima and the city of Athini and the city of Al-Walaja and the city of Ulais and the city of Al-Hira and the city of Anbar. So many cities one after another consecutively falling from the Persian Empire to the Muslims under the leadership of Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu. So these consecutive victories for the Muslims against the Persian Empire caused a lot of stress and turmoil in the capital of the Persian Empire. So the Kisra and his court in the capital Al-Mada'in, they are hearing about these consecutive victories of the Muslims. And of course it's causing a lot of difficulties and a lot of chaos for them in the capital. So during all of this turmoil, what happened to the Kisra? He died. The Kisra, Ardashir, he died during this time while the Muslims were conquering their cities. Now when the Kisra, who was named Ardashir, when he died, a big fight erupted, a big dispute came up regarding who would become the new Kisra, who is going to take over the throne. So the family of the Kisra, they started having a lot of infighting amongst each other, disputing about who should become the next ruler. So the family couldn't decide who should take over the throne. And while they are having this family dispute and this internal strife, and this fight for leadership internally in the capital, the Muslims are conquering city after city after city. So they're having difficulties internally and they're also having difficulties externally. So it was a very, very difficult situation for the Persians, a big problem for the Persians at that time. So eventually what was decided was that a person who was not from the family of Kisra, a person who was a governor of some of the Persian lands, but he himself was not from the royal family. He was not from the family of Kisra. It was decided that until the family of the Kisra could make up their mind and come to some type of a solution regarding who should take over the throne, in the meantime, they would appoint someone from the governors of the Persian Empire who was not from the family of Kisra. They would appoint him as an interim king. They would appoint him as a temporary ruler until the family of the Kisra could sort their problems out. So they decided to appoint a Persian governor by the name of Farquzad ibn al-Bunduwan. Farquzad ibn al-Bunduwan. So he was not from the family of Kisra, but he was a Persian governor. So they decided, okay, in the meantime, you will be the ruler until the family of the Kisra can decide on one person 
from amongst themselves who will take over the throne. So for the time being, Farquzad ibn al-Bunduan, he took over the Persian Empire. Alright, now in the meantime, when Khalid finished conquering Al-Anbar, which was the last city we spoke about last week, when Khalid finished with Al-Anbar, he set his sights on his next target. And that was a place called Ain al-Tamr. Ain al-Tamr. Now Ain al-Tamr, it was not on the coast of the river like those other cities that he had conquered were on the coast of the river. Ain al-Tamr was not by the river. It was actually away from the river. So this was the next target that Khalid ibn al-Walid set his sights on to conquer. It was west of the Euphrates. This city Ain al-Tamr is west of the Euphrates. So when Khalid ibn al-Walid reached Ain al-Tamr, a huge Persian army was waiting for him there. And this Persian army was led by a commander named Mahran ibn Bahram. Mahran ibn Bahram. So before Khalid could arrive in Ain al-Tamr, Mahran, he gathered a huge army. And his army consisted of the survivors of the numerous scattered armies that were defeated in the previous conquests. So Khalid, he had defeated a lot of these Persian armies now. And there were survivors, of course, and they scattered. And Mahran ibn Bahram, he tried to gather all of those soldiers to join his army. So he gathered those survivors of the, of the scattered armies that were previously defeated, along with his own army, along with some of the Arab Christians who were allies of the Persians from the tribes of Namir and from the tribe of Taghlub. There were Christian Arabs who were allied with the Persian Empire. So Mahran ibn Bahram, he got them on, on his side as well. He got them to join his army as well. So this was a huge army that this commander had formed. His own army plus a number of Arab Christians plus the scattered soldiers of the previous armies that had been defeated. So when you add all of these forces together, it became a huge force. It became a huge number of soldiers fighting under Mahran. All right, so Mahran's strategy in organizing his army, remember his army consisted of Arabs and Persians, the Arab Christians who were allied with the Persians, and he had his own Persians. So his strategy was, we will keep the Arabs in the front. They will be in the front line. They will be the first ones to fight. And his reasoning for this was that he said that the Arabs know the fighting style of the Arabs. So they will be better able to handle the fighting of the Muslims than the Persians. The Persians don't know the Arab fighting style. But the Arabs, they know how the Arabs fight. So they will be better able to defend themselves and they will be better able to attack as well. This was his thinking. This was the reason that he gave. And perhaps this was one of the reasons, but perhaps another reason was because he himself was a Persian, he thought that the Arab blood was cheaper than the Persian blood. So let the Arabs die if they need to die, and the Persians, they'll be in the back, and they will be safer. Perhaps that was part of his thinking as well. Wallahu alam. All right. So while Mahran was still organizing the ranks and lines of his army, he was organizing the lines, Khalid ibn al-Walid himself, he snuck into the enemy territory 
and he attacked Mahran himself while Mahran was caught off guard. Khalid himself, he snuck into that area and he attacked Mahran himself and he was able to take his weapon from him and he was able to capture him as a prisoner. So even before any fighting started, Khalid ibn al-Walid captured the commander of that huge army. He captured Mahran ibn Bahram by sur surprise. Now when this happened, even before the battle began, this whole army, this huge army of Persians and Arabs who were ready to fight against the Muslims, now they got scared. They said, look, we didn't even start fighting yet and Khalid, he already captured our commander. And by this time, Khalid's reputation had already become very famous because he has conquered so many cities in such a short span of time. The people, they came to know that this guy, he is an excellent military commander and he doesn't lose, alhamdulillah. That he has, he has been victorious in every single battle he has fought. No matter what odds he was against, no matter how many people he faced, he always wins. So the reputation of Khalid was there. And the commander of the army, of the Persian army, he's gone too. So now this army is scared. They said, we don't have a commander. And Khalid, he has never lost a battle. So they got so scared that they all just fled. Even though they were such a huge force, they, they fled. They said, we, we can't handle this. And they ran away. So just by this one move of Khalid ibn al-Walid capturing their commander, Khalid ibn al-Walid, he conquered the land of Ain al-Tamr, alhamdulillah, without actually having to even fight. He conquered that land and he took control of Ain al-Tamr. So you see here the beautiful gift that was given to Khalid ibn al-Walid by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This great military mind that was given to him, alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this gift and that is why he is known as Sayfullah, the sword of Allah. Alright, so now Khalid added another city to his list of conquered cities. So he's just going and he's conquering city after city after city. Now if you remember when we first spoke about Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an sending the armies to Iraq, remember he sent two armies. He sent the army of Khalid ibn al-Walid to start from the south and move north. And he sent the army of Ayyad ibn al-Ghanam to start from the north and go south. And the plan was that they would meet somewhere in the middle. So now Khalid ibn al-Walid, he's taking city after city after city, starting from the south, going north, going north, going north, and he's taking city after city after city. And now he's towards the north of Iraq already. But the army that was sent to the north under Ayyad ibn al-Ghanam, they were not able to advance as fast as Khalid was advancing. Actually, by this time, by the time Khalid had conquered all of these cities and he was already close to the northern part of Iraq, Ayyad ibn Ghanam still had not been able to conquer his first city yet. And that, of course, is not to criticize Ayyad ibn al-Ghanam. He was also a great warrior. But Khalid ibn al-Walid was in another category, right? He was by far the greatest commander from the Sahaba of the Prophet None of the other companions even come close to Khalid ibn al-Walid in terms of uh, military leadership. 
So Khalid, he was able to take city after city after city after city, but Ayyad ibn al-Ghanam was still having trouble with the first city, and that was Dawmatul Jandal in the northern part of Iraq. So he still hadn't even taken the first city yet by the time Khalid had already taken so many cities. So Ayyad ibn al-Ghanam, he sent a message to Khalid asking for help, saying, I'm not able to take the city, I need your help. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he took his army and he joined the army of Ayyad ibn al-Ghanam in Dawmatul Jandal to help him. And now these two armies, alhamdulillah, they were able to take Dawmatul Jandal. They were able to take Dawmatul Jandal under both of these armies, the army of Khalid and also the army of Ayyad. So after Dawmatul Jandal was conquered by the Muslims, alhamdulillah, Khalid ibn al-Walid, he went back to Al-Hira. And we spoke about the conquest of Al-Hira a couple of weeks ago. That is one of the cities that Khalid ibn al-Walid conquered. So after Dawmat al-Jandal, he went back to Al-Hira. And he sent two of his generals. He sent two of his generals. Qa'qa ibn Amr and Abu Layla ibn Fadka. These were two of the commanders of Khalid's army. So Khalid stayed in Al-Hira. And he sent these two generals to go and conquer the city of Al-Husayd and the city of Al-Khanafis. So Khalid was going to stay himself in Al-Hira, but he sent these two generals with the responsibility of going and conquering Al-Husayd and Al-Khanafis. And those are two cities that are nearby the Euphrates River as well. So it was, it was given to Qa'qa to go and conquer Al-Husayd and it was given to Abu Layla Ibn Fadka to go and conquer the city of Al-Khanafis two armies they went to these two cities so Qa'qa he went to Al-Husayd and he was able to defeat the army in Al-Husayd and whoever remained in that army after the defeat they retreated to Al-Khanafis they retreated to Al-Khanafis but that was before Abu Layla even reached Al-Khanafis so when the defeated army of Al-Husayd when they retreated to Al-Khanafis they told the general in Al-Khanafis that we were just defeated by Qa'qa ibn Amr in Al-Husayd. So then the general of Al-Khanafis said, okay, we should not stay here then. We should not stay in Al-Khanafis. Let us move to a place called Al-Masaykh, another city called Al-Masaykh. So before Abu Layla could even reach Al-Khanafis, the army of Al-Khanafis, they left Al-Khanafis and they, they relocated themselves to a place called Al-Masaykh. Then Abu Layla and his army, they went to Al-Masaykh and they fought them over there and they defeated them, Alhamdulillah. So now they have taken Al-Husayd, they have taken Al-Khanafis and they have taken Al-Masaykh. The Muslims add three more cities to their list of conquered cities, Alhamdulillah. So you see here, one by one, these cities from the Persian Empire are toppling and they are coming under Muslim rule, Alhamdulillah. So after all of these shocking defeats for the Persian Empire, one after another, after another, after another, in such a short period of time, and the Persian Empire was considered the strongest empire in the world at that time. But now these cities are falling like dominoes to the Muslims, alhamdulillah. So when the other strong empire in the world, which was the Byzantine Roman Empire, when they saw what was happening in, in Persia, they got scared as well. 
They thought, look, if the Muslims can defeat the Persians so easily and they can take city after city after city from the Persians with such ease, then we are also in danger. The Byzantine Romans, they felt scared too. If they're able to do it to the Persians who are stronger than us, then what about us? So they got scared as well. So what did they do? For the first time in history, the Byzantine Romans formed an alliance with the Persians. Now this is very significant because the Persians and the Romans were always known to be fighting each other. They were, they were enemy kingdoms. So there were always wars between the Byzantines and the Persians, one after another. But now they saw the Muslims as a common threat. So they said, okay, we will be stronger together. So the Byzantine Romans and the Persians, they decided to form an alliance. And the Christian Arabs, the Christian Arabs also joined that alliance. So now these are the two most powerful empires in the world and they formed this alliance. The, Roman, the Byzantine Roman Empire and the Persian Empire along with the Christian Arabs as well. So it's a, a three-pronged alliance. Romans, Persians and Christian Arabs. And they all formed this alliance in order to fight with the Muslims. So these allied forces, the forces of the, the Byzantine Romans, the forces of the Persians and the Christian Arabs, they gathered at a place called Al-Firad. Al-Firad is an area that is basically between the Arabian Peninsula and Syria and Iraq. So you have Syria and Iraq and you have the Arabian Peninsula around the meeting point of these three places, Syria, Iraq, and the Arabian Peninsula, there is a place called Al-Firad. And this alliance, the army of this alliance, which, which consisted of, of Byzantine Roman soldiers, Persian soldiers, and Christian Arab soldiers, they gathered over there at Al-Firad. So when Khalid heard about this, this alliance, he didn't get scared. He said, okay, bring it on. Let's go. Let's go fight them. So he went with his army to Al-Firad. And by the time he reached there, it was Ramadan. But of course, they were in a situation where it was not obligatory for them to fast because they're traveling and they're doing jihad. So the Muslim army was not fasting in Ramadan. And they fought against that alliance. They fought against that axis of evil. The Romans, the Persians, and the Christian Arabs. And Alhamdulillah, Khalid ibn al-Walid, once again, he was able to defeat this army. And that was a huge victory over at Al-Firad. So now Khalid, he took over that land as well for the Muslims, walhamdulillah. So after conquering Al-Firad, Khalid and his army, they headed back towards Al-Hira. They headed back towards Al-Hira because Al-Hira was basically the place where they made their headquarters. So they were heading back towards Al-Hira but it's pretty far. It's a, it's a very long distance between Al-Firad and Al-Hira. So Khalid, he's going with his army towards Al-Hira and he tells the army to go ahead of him. And he makes it look like he is behind them and the army is going ahead of him. So the army, they think, okay, Khalid is behind us and we're going back to Al-Hira. So Khalid let them go ahead, but Around that time, it was close to the time of Hajj. The time of Hajj was coming near. 
So Khalid, what he decided to do, let the army go back to Al-Hira. I will go for Hajj and then I will come back. He made this plan. Because there was no pending fight right now. There was no Persian army that was ready to fight them at this time. So Khalid said, okay, I, I will use this time as long as there's no fight going on right now. I'll use this time. I'll just go make Hajj and I will come back. So while the army was on the way from Al-Firad to Al-Hira, which is a very long distance, he let them go ahead and then he secretly left Iraq and he went for Hajj, Khalid ibn Walid, without even telling anybody. He went for Al-Hajj and his army didn't even know. They thought that he's in the back. So he went for Al-Hajj and then he came back. He quickly went, he did Hajj and he quickly came back and he rejoined his army before they even reached Al-Hira. So this is what Khalid ibn Al-Walid did. But the thing is that he did this without the permission of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq He left Iraq, he left his army to go for Hajj and then he came back but he did all of this without the permission of the Khalifa, without the permission of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq So when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq when he heard about this, that this is what Khalid did, he removed Khalid from the, the army in Iraq. He removed him from that army and he put him in the army that was to fight the Byzantine Romans in Asham, in Syria. So as we mentioned, Abu Bakr, he sent an army to, he sent armies to the Persian Empire. He also sent armies to the Byzantine Empire. So now Abu Bakr, he, he pulled Khalid off from the Persian Empire and he redirected him to go to fight the Byzantine Empire instead. And some of the historians said that he did this as a punishment for Khalid for going for Hajj and doing and coming back without taking permission to do that first. And some of the historians said no, it was not a punishment. Rather, it was basically to, to build on that momentum that Khalid had built in Iraq and to use that momentum to also fight the, the Byzantine Romans in Asham in Syria. Allahu Alam. But the point is that Khalid was pulled from Persia and he was redirected to the Byzantine Empire in Syria. So when Khalid left Persia, he put Al-Muthanna ibn Haritha al-Shaybani in charge in his place. And the headquarters, as we mentioned, the headquarter for the Muslims was Al-Hira. So Khalid left Persia, he left Iraq and he put Al-Muthanna ibn Haritha Al-Shaybani, also a great warrior and a great companion of the Prophet ﷺ, he put him in charge in his place. And Khalid left. Now by that time, by the time Khalid was leaving Persia and by the time Al-Muthanna ibn Al-Haritha Al-Shaybani was put in his position in charge of the Muslims in Persia, by that time, the family of the Kisra who had died, the family of Ardashir, they finally agreed on a new ruler. They finally agreed to appoint Shahru Yaran. Shahru Yaran, who was the son of Ardashir. They decided to point, appoint him as the new Kisra, the son of the previous Kisra. They decided to make him the new Kisra of Persia. So when Shahru Yaran took over the Persian Empire, immediately he organized a huge army led by Hormuz. Led by Hormuz to go to Al-Hira and fight Al-Muthanna. Because now Khalid is not in the picture anymore. Now 
the Muslim forces are under Al-Muthanna. So this new Kisra, Shahru Yaran, he organizes a big army to go and fight Al-Muthanna and his army in Al-Hira. So when Al-Muthanna heard that the new Kisra is sending an army to fight him in Al-Hira, he left Al-Hira. He didn't want the Persian army to enter Al-Hira. So he and his army, they left Al-Hira to meet them outside of the city, to meet them on the, on the path so that they would meet in the middle. So the Persian army is coming from Al-Mada'in and Al-Muthanna is leaving Al-Hira and they're going to meet in the middle. So they met at Babil. The two armies, they met at Babel. Babel is also known as Babylon. Babylon, it's one of, one of the most ancient civilizations, one of the, the oldest cities in the world, Babel. So that is where the army of Al-Muthanna and the army of Hormuz met in Babel. And Alhamdulillah, Al-Muthanna and the Muslim army were able to defeat Hormuz at Babel. So even though Khalid wasn't in charge anymore, Al-Muthanna still was able to continue this string of victories, walhamdulillah, by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So after this battle at Babel, the new Kisra, Shahru Yaran, he died too now. He died too. This is very, very stressful for them. Their, their, their empire is slowly crumbling and collapsing. So now Shahru Yaran, he also died after this battle. And then again, there was a big fight, big dispute. Who should become the new Kisra? Who should become the new ruler of the Persian Empire? So while this new dispute was going on at the capital of the Persian Empire, Khalid had already left and he was on his way to Asham. He was on his way to Syria to fight against the Byzantine Romans. And inshallah, we'll speak about Khalid and his experiences against the Byzantine Romans. We'll speak about that next week, bi'ithnillah. والله أعلم صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين